Welcome back, Missio family. Today, you'll hear Pastor Josh talk about how rest and solitude are ways for us to care about our souls, clear the clutter, and connect with God. If you have any questions about Missio, you would like to join a missional community, or you have any prayer requests, please contact us at missio.life. Well, church, it's good to be with you again today. Uh, If we haven't met, my name is Josh, and we are in a series right now learning to hear God speak. It's kind of a mini-series, two-part message, I guess. And so that song that they just sang was really um, reinforcing this theme of hearing from God, listening to Him. And so we're going to unpack this a little bit more. Um, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Do you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Ate too much? Anybody eat too much, probably? Yeah. So we do. Uh, and it's the season now between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so we're going to continue to eat, aren't we? We're going to continue to have goodies and sweets. And when you think about being healthy physically, this might not be the time to, to try to get, on, uh, get, get things in order um, physically. But, you know, we know the stuff to do, don't we? If we want to become more healthy... What do we do? What's the first thing you do? You change your diet, right? You change. You don't eat all the sugar. You don't eat all the carbs. You, you start to watch what you eat. You count calories. Or uh, maybe you get on some plan that somebody wrote a book, uh, you know, some diet, fad diet, and they sold a lot of books and made a lot of money on it. We know what to do. We know that that's what we do. If we want to get physically healthy, we go on a diet. What's the other thing that we do? Anybody know? exercise. We exercise. Yeah, it's not that hard. We go get a gym membership. Some of you are cringing right now. We get a gym membership, right? We go do do a class. We do cardio. We do CrossFit. We do some kind of a cycling thing. There's all kinds of stuff that we can do to get into shape. But it requires something that starts with a D. It's not donuts. It's discipline. It takes some discipline if we want to get into shape physically, doesn't it? We know that we have to put some habits into place with our eating, with our exercise, if we want to get into better shape physically. See, our spiritual health requires discipline and habits that shape our souls. So if we want to be healthy spiritually, if we want our soul to be in a good place, it requires some discipline. I know some of us just cringe or like, ah, it just sounds like work. That sounds like hard things. But no, it's really good for us. Discipline is a helpful thing for our spiritual life. Uh, We've been talking about how to learn to hear from God. And last week we talked about some of those disciplines. We talked about listening. If you were here with us, we talked about how do we listen backward? How do we read scripture? God's word to us, his written word to us. How do we read that and listen to the things that God has already said in the past? But then also, how do we create space in our lives to listen forward through the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit who we know, if we know Jesus by faith, he dwells in us, God himself, and he wants to speak to us. He wants to give us direction for our lives. How do we, how do we make room to listen? And then maybe doing some journaling, writing some things down, and that's all kind of like discipline. Right? It takes some, some effort, some work. So God wants a relationship with us. After all, I mean, he's the God of the universe, and, and we, we talked about how 
impactful that is that the God of the universe wants to speak to me. He wants to speak to you. We think, doesn't God have better things to do than, than to talk to us? Doesn't, isn't he too busy running the universe, running the world, keeping everything going? And, and the answer is yes, he does have better things to do, but he chooses to have a relationship with me and with you. And he wants us to know his voice. So God desires for us to have a relationship with him. And in any relationship, a human relationship, it requires time. It requires investment, presence, communication. Like think of people in your life. You don't have much of a relationship if you're not speaking to one another, if you're not spending time with one another, getting to know each other. That's God's desire for us to have a relationship with us. And so as we talk about this idea of hearing God speak, we're going to get into some other things today. But right off the bat, I just want to pause for a minute and ask, did anybody, based on last week's message and, and this exercise of listening, did anyone hear God speak something to you this past week that you want to share with the group? Putting you on the spot. Anybody have a cool story to share? Can I put someone on the spot? I'm getting the look like, no. Can you share that? Would you be willing to share that? God gets the glory. Yeah. So we sensed at the church last Sunday that God was speaking to Cindy and myself. We've done this before, where we had something we didn't need that we could give to somebody who had a great need. Mm. So we gave it to them. And we said, we don't know how we'll get it to you somehow. So on Wednesday, what happened was he had the need really show up. And we just said, well, it's available. But it required some things to piece together. God was so in it, he just pieced everything together. Hmm. We gave it, and it was just a real blessing to us. So cool. Be just obedient to God, because we, we listen. They're able to meet a physical need that God provided, and they, in real time, they were able to meet that need. It's so cool. Anybody else have something that God spoke to you this past week? Maybe it wasn't uh, something like a tangible need like that, but just God something laid, laid something on your heart they want to share? Not big like that, but you know, God, this little thing too, but like, you know, we clean a lot on Saturdays, and like, I just like felt impressed to pause and like just ask God, because I get busy with just things like, I'm like, okay, I need to try to slow down and just ask God, what's something I could do with, well, like, like, uh, son, you know, mm. time, like, you really, I mean, like, gave me a couple of things, and so then, going back to the time about yesterday, it's like, okay, this, these things, like, God lays on my heart, and then it's like, yeah, decide, okay, I'm just going to stop, leave the mess, leave the house to rack, and go, like, play chess with my son, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it was good, I mean, it was just a little thing, but it was, it was a paradigm yeah, I don't know if you guys could hear that, but he, he said basically he had things going on in his life and God nudged him to go play chess with his son. It's like, yeah, that, that probably meant a lot to your son. And I think God is in little things, just daily things. If we're listening, we're paying attention, God wants to prompt us to do things to meet other people's needs, for sure. So you might have noticed I have this jug of water up here. Maybe you're wondering what it's for. Um, I brought this up here as a bit of an illustration. I don't know if you guys can see it in the back, but... This is a jar, a jar of water, and to me, I think this represents our life, our soul. 
And so at times we can be at rest and everything is settled and we're just, we're good. But then what happens is we start living life and we start getting busy. And pretty soon I'm going to work every day and then I got this crisis going on and maybe the kids got some sports things and it's not bad stuff, but, but life kind of gets to be swirling around. And pretty soon we're just going and we're going and we're going and we never stop. And, and life just gets kind of murky. Our soul starts to feel a little bit frazzled or, or, or um, agitated or maybe just stirred up. And if you think of God's voice, a little bit like this flashlight, it's pretty hard to see it through all of the busyness and all of the distraction and all the stuff going on in our lives. We're just going to let this sit for just a minute here. But maybe you resonate with that. How is your soul doing today? Do you feel at peace? Do you feel at rest? Or do you feel a little bit like that jar where things are just going, 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 and it's constant? Because if we want to learn to hear God speak, if we want to discern his voice, there needs to be a sense of pause, of rest, of slowing down. And so it does take intentionality. I want to share a verse with you at the outset here. Matthew 11, this is what Jesus said. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus cares about your soul, and his invitation is to rest. So come to me and rest. Hang out with me. So how's your soul today? Do you feel like you're at rest or do you feel stressed out? Do you feel frazzled and stirred up? We're going to talk about a couple of things that we can do, habits, again, disciplines, that can help us learn to discern the voice of God. And the first one doesn't require as much effort as it does intentionality. And the first one is rest or Sabbath. See, the Sabbath day was first given to the Jews, God's chosen people. He gave them the Sabbath as a day of rest. See, God said, you can do your normal stuff for six days, but on that seventh day, on Saturday, I want you to take a day of rest. And I want you to kind of cease from your normal stuff so that you can recharge. And this wasn't meant to be like this huge bummer for the, for the people, people of Israel. God wasn't like, hey, you know, I know you're busy building that, this house over here and you got a deadline and it's Monday and you really want to push through the weekend, but you just got to stop what you're doing and just do nothing. Like that, that wasn't the intent behind it. God was like, no, you need rest and it's for your own good. So the Sabbath was given by God to his people as a gift to rest and be healthy for the long run. God gave this to them and it was part of their law, part of their rules. And the Pharisees, if we know who the Pharisees were, they were the teachers of religious law. And they loved to just take these laws and, and kind of beat people over the head with them and, and catch them and say, well, you're doing that on the, on the Sabbath. You shouldn't be doing that. And they even tried to do that to Jesus. Like Jesus healed a guy on the Sabbath and like, you can't heal on the Sabbath. Well, Jesus knew what he was doing and he pushed back on the Pharisees. I want to read a few verses from uh, Mark chapter 2. This is what Jesus says to the Pharisees regarding the Sabbath. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off the heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, 
Why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest and he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves and bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to him, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So Jesus understood why the Sabbath was given in the first place. And he was able to correct the Pharisees. He said, you guys missed it. You missed the whole point. Now, when we talk about the word Sabbath, um, and maybe some of you are wondering this today. I get this question sometimes. As Christians, as people who live under the new covenant, are we supposed to keep the Sabbath? Like, what do we do with that? Is the Sabbath something that we should have to keep? And it's a bit of a loaded question. um, Because on the one hand, Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. And so what do we do with that? Well, if you want to dive into this a little more, go read Romans chapter 14. The Apostle Paul talked about the Sabbath. And he really brings the Sabbath in with some of the food laws. Because the people of Israel couldn't just eat any food. There were certain foods that were unclean. There were certain animals that they couldn't eat. Certain things they couldn't touch. And so that's where the Apostle Paul kind of lumps that in. The Sabbath with some of those ceremonial um, laws about food. And in Colossians 2, this is what Paul said. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are the shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So to answer the question, should Christians keep the Sabbath, do we have to? The answer is no, we don't. In a legal sense, according to the law, We're not bound to keep the Sabbath, but on the flip side, it's actually good for us to rest. It's actually part of our human humanness that we need a break. And God created in six days, and then he took a break on the seventh, and he said, I'm going to rest. And it's a good model for us. The problem for many of us, though, is it seems so counterproductive. Anybody? Is anybody with me? Like, I'm like, really? We got to just like rest? Like, I want to do stuff. I got things to do. I got plans. I got things I want to accomplish. But when we actually slow down and rest, we find that it's for our own benefit. Again, God gave the Sabbath and this idea of rest as a benefit for his people. He actually knew what he was doing. And you can actually, there's research out there. I I did a little digging around on the internet and there were some studies done that it's actually, you're actually more productive at work when you take breaks. Isn't that crazy? Like you, you would think, well, no, we can't stop. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep going. But when you actually stop physically doing what you're doing, you return mentally, emotionally, physically to a baseline that when you come back to work, you're more productive after the break. When I was going to school for auto tech, um, in the summers, I would go back and work at a Ford dealership in Stanley, Prairie Ford. And so I'm the young guy. I'm like, you know, 20 or whatever. And, and so I'm with all these older guys who were nearing retirement age. They were in their 60s, been doing their, this for a long, long time, and uh, just seasoned mechanics. 
And I, was, I thought I was pretty hot stuff because I, I was quick and I was young and I could do a lot of stuff. And I remember they would always, every day at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., it was break time. And you just literally hear, hear tools hitting the floor at like 10 and 3. And we'd have a lunch break like normal people. But I was like, why are we taking a, a coffee break at 10 and 3? Well, uh, I, I just followed suit. They, they all marched on back to the, the back room where they had a coffee pot with a piping hot Folgers coffee. And so that's where I learned to appreciate coffee with no cream or sugar. There wasn't any in the building. Uh, that's where I learned to appreciate coffee uh, and where I learned to not appreci- appreciate Folgers. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it was, th- these guys were just coffee and it was like, you know, 100 degrees outside and they're back there just drinking this stuff. I don't know why I'm talking about coffee, but the break, we were having a break. And one day I was struggling and I was trying to put this transmission in. And um, so when you're putting in a transmission, you got to get the angle right. And there's the input shaft and then there's guide pins. And, and I was just struggling with this thing. And like for 15 minutes and I'm just over there grunting. And all of a sudden, break time. Go back to the back room. We have some Folgers. And then we come back out. And I literally, that transmission popped in in like an instant. It was like magic. And, and one of the old guys, he walked by, he said, yep, sometimes you just got to take a break and come back to it. I was like, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. But it was hard for me to want to slow down. It was like, I know, we got stuff to do. We got, we got to you know, fix more cars. And so I think it's, it's true for us that we think it's counterproductive to slow down. There's something inside of us that tells us, keep going, keep going, get more done. And if you take a break, you're going to fall behind. And I think that's true for our souls. But God created us in a way that we need rest. We need to take a break. I think when we feel like we have too much to do, it's easy to convince ourselves that we don't have the time to take a break. And that includes a Sabbath rest. Maybe some of you here today, you're like, ah, I'm good with the Sabbath. Let's rest. I like to rest. What does that look like? I think I've often thought of Sabbath as like, I got to be miserable, I got to be like sitting in a room with a, with a candle and a Bible and just like, I don't know, there's some kind of mystery, mystery thing. And, and I think really what Sabbath looks like is it could be, look different for many of us. But the point is that we're resting from what we're normally doing. And we have a, our, our eyes and our focus on Jesus. We're able to rest in the finished work of the cross. To say, I don't have to strive. I don't have to earn. I can just be at peace. But then maybe doing something that you love. Maybe it's something that's going to refuel your life. Maybe today is your Sabbath. Maybe Sunday you you come worship with your family. Maybe you go home and watch some football and take a nap. That's a great way to recharge. Maybe some of you like to put a puzzle together or go for a walk if it's nights out. Go fishing, baking, I don't know, whatever your your hobbies are. But they're things that, that recharge us. And we need to cease from our striving and our working so hard. I know for me, my space is to go out into the garage and to work on something, turning wrenches on a car or welding something. And oftentimes I'll put on a sermon or a podcast or an audio book or maybe just music. I can't tell you how many times I've heard God speak in those moments. He's with you. And as we recharge and as we, as we let things start to settle in our soul, it becomes a little more clear what God is saying. And so I encourage you to take some rest. Um, 
There's a story in the Bible, and when I think about this jar, it reminds me of two women, Mary and Martha. Some of you know this story. In Luke chapter 10, it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha came to him, or welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So Martha's all bent out of shape because Mary's not helping. We got to get the house clean. We got to get some food on the table. We, we got to do this, all this stuff. And, and, and Mary's just sitting there listening to Jesus. So when Martha complains, she doesn't get a lot of sympathy from Jesus. Martha's life was the stirred up jug, right, of water. The, the, the calmness, this was Mary. She was able to hear Jesus because she was at rest. Her soul was still. For Martha, she got too busy doing things for Jesus and forgot how to listen to Jesus. Mary was able to slow down and listen. I want to stop here for a couple questions of discussion. The first one is this. Do you find yourself resonating more with Martha or Mary and why? What do you guys think? Say that again. Didn't Mary want to get to know Jesus better? Yeah. Yeah. So which one do you resonate with more? Depending on the day? That's a pretty safe answer. Anybody else? I'm doing something, I'm helping somebody, as opposed to maybe that's not what Jesus wants at that moment. Maybe I'm just filling my activities with something as opposed to just taking a second. Yeah. Yeah, we think we're actually doing God a favor. Like, oh, I'm doing all this stuff for you. And I think Martha probably thought she was too. Like, Jesus is here, I'm trying to roll out the red carpet. You know, got to get, got to get all this food on the table. And Jesus said, that's really not what's important. Second question is this, what beliefs might need to change in order for you to rest the way that God intends? What belief is attached to that idea of rest? I think for me, I can, like, I'm, I've definitely been a Martha in the past, but I think what changed in me was believing that he loved me no matter what I did. Mm. No matter what I do, no matter what I don't do, yeah. grace is sufficient, and He loves me. Period. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to perform. He is great. He is so good. So, so. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard that, but she said what changed for her is to to realize that uh, she doesn't have to earn anything from God in 
And so just being able to rest in the fact that it's unconditional, like the love is unconditional, the grace is unconditional. Yeah, it's huge. So I want to talk a little bit about solitude. And this is similar to Sabbath, but I would say a little more like next level. Because again, uh, Sabbath rest is really to recharge. But solitude, that's like solo. That's like I'm going off by myself, quiet. I'm going to be very, very still. Um, and, and so it's very intentional. And with, with Sabbath rest, I think it's good to build that in on a weekly rhythm. This might be a little less frequent. I, mean, I don't know if you can do solitude once a week. Maybe you can. Um, but I think this is something that we really, really get alone blocking out all the outside noise, all the distractions, and maybe just carving out some space to be still and quiet. And I know that's like super hard to do sometimes and freaks us out a little bit because we always have like music in the background or we always have some, you know, something on our phone and we're constantly stimulated. So it can be very difficult to think of like solitude of going off by ourselves and, and just being quiet and it's, it's an exercise, but Jesus did this. Mark 1.35, it said, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, and he went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him, and they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So Jesus knew that he needed to get alone and be with the Father. And he knew exactly what to do. So Peter comes and finds him, and Jesus says, no, we need to go out and go to other towns. Because he heard the Father speak as he was off alone and praying and listening. He was able to discern what the next step was. And maybe for some of us, we're, we're at a crossroads in life. We're not really sure what to do about something. We're like, God, I just need your wisdom. I need your, your, your guidance on this. Maybe it's time to take some solitude. Get alone, be still, be quiet. And maybe some of that turmoil of the jar, the, the stirring in us, we're just not able to hear and discern what God has to say to us. When we think about solitude, sometimes people say, well, that's for introverts, People who are wired to be alone. I'm curious. I just want to take a poll of, of you guys this morning uh, because that's really how you recharge, right? With people or without people. Who recharges emotionally in here alone? Raise your hand if you're one of those people. Okay. And how about if you recharge your emotional batteries with people? Raise your hand. Yeah, so it's about 50-50. That's pretty, pretty typical, but solitude is not an exercise only for the introverts. I'm sorry, it's just not. It's part of our humanity. We need to recharge and to be alone with God. There's a need for us to recharge spiritually, and many of us don't know how to stop from our activity to recharge. It's like those batteries. Um, you know, you used to have like drills, like the, the DeWalt or the Milwaukee and it was drills, and then it was like a circular saw, and you know, there's a few different tools. Have you guys noticed how many, like everything is run by those? Like the whole world is being taken over by those batteries? Like I was at Runnings yesterday, they had a full-size DeWalt lawnmower where you put the bat, I'm like, what is this? And, and so we have these batteries, and we know that their, their life gets longer and longer. But I bought a, a DeWalt set the other day, and it came with the little itty-bitty free batteries. 
I have to recharge that thing like every 20 minutes. I feel like I'm just barely getting any use out of it. And then I've got the Milwaukee one. It's like that thick. And I can run for like six days on that thing. <laughs> and I think I get frustrated with the little battery. I'm like, come on, little battery. Like, do, do some work. And I think sometimes we don't realize that we have limitations to our own souls, to our own humanity, that we can't keep going and going and going. We need to recharge. And that's what rest and that's what silence and solitude can do. We we still ourselves and we say, God, I'm not infinite. I'm not able to keep going. You are. And I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to listen and I'm going to quiet myself. So we think of solitude, again, what does this look like? What is a vision for solitude? Um, when I was at a church in, in Oklahoma, we, on staff there, our, our staff required that we do solitude one day a month. That was a requirement. You have to have it on the calendar and you have to do it ahead of time because if you don't schedule it, you'll never get around to it. That's what we were told. And so we would do this once a month and it was usually a half a day um, and I would go outside into the park and, and just be alone, be quiet. Sometimes if it was not nice weather, I'd go into a um, cathedral in downtown Tulsa and they had a space there and they had a couple of side rooms. So the staff would just direct me to somewhere where I could be alone and be quiet. The public library was another place that was pretty good. They had rooms there. So if you want to have solitude, there's ways of doing it, but you're going to have to be intentional. It requires a little bit of discipline planning ahead to say, I'm just going to be alone. And maybe that's what your soul needs today. Again, maybe you've just been running and and stirring and going for too long. And I I would be honest with you guys, I I need to do this more. I've gotten out of the habit and I want to go back to it because I can tell you there was never one time of those days of solitude where I go, that was a waste of a day. (laughs) I never once came away from that going, that was a waste of time. Because I would either hear God speak directly to me about something important, or maybe I didn't really that day, but my soul was so at peace and so rested. I'm like, what am I doing the rest of the time? Why am I living life so frantic? So I want to pause for a couple more questions and and hear from you guys. What What would keep you from taking some time of solitude with God, or what is keeping you from taking time of solitude with God. What are your obstacles? (laughs) I have seen your house. (laughs) A lot of stuff to do. Little kids, babies, yeah. Yep, it's easy to, to, to see all the things and to, to, to use that as a reason to not. The invitation from Jesus to say, come to me. You're weary and heavy laden? I'll give you rest. Been busy working on your basement? I'll give you rest. What else? That's kind of an external one. What about internally? What about maybe mindsets that need to shift? Beliefs. Yeah, work ethic, we're brought up a certain way. 
We live in North Dakota, guys. Um, we are ruggedly independent Scandinavians, right? Work hard, take care of yourself, and, and get it done. That's, that's, that's the way of North Dakotans. It kind of even just goes against our, our culture a little bit. Well, the second question, why do you think God cho- chooses to speak to us in rest and quiet? Sorry, say that. That's when we can hear him. How come? Why doesn't he just yell at us? <laughs> Do you think maybe making a decision to be quiet acknowledges our smallness, our dependence, maybe? Somebody else was saying something back here. Say that again. Not being distracted. Yeah. Again. I don't know if you guys heard that, but basically Satan, we have an enemy who lies to us and, and wants us to be very busy and frantic and, and the voice of God says, no, just rest, just be here. I'll take care of you, I'm enough. That's so good. See, the point of all this talk about solitude and rest is not to make you feel guilty. Anybody feeling guilty today? Like, man, I'm just, I'm just not very good at this. That's not the point. The point is not to heap a bunch of guilt on you today. It, it's, an, it's, a, it's an invitation. See, last week, somebody said in the dialogue, when we, when we have our spiritual disciplines, like reading the word and prayer and quiet, it's not a have to, it's a get to. And when we understand the shift, we don't have to do any of this. But we get to be with the God of the universe. We get to spend time with him. We get to rest in the finished work of Jesus and God wants to speak to us. It changes everything when we begin to understand that it's not a have to, it's, it's a get to. I want to read this scripture one more time and then we're going to close. Matthew 11, this is from a different translation. And just close your eyes and just listen to this. Let it sink in. Imagine Jesus himself saying these words to you. Come to me. All of you who work and have heavy loads, I will give you rest. Follow my teachings and learn from me. I am gentle and I do not have pride. You will have rest for your souls. For my way of carrying a load is easy and my load is not heavy. Isn't that awesome? We get invited by Jesus to rest. God wants to speak to all of us. It starts with acknowledging, hey, God does want to speak. I believe it's true. And then just putting those disciplines into practice, saying, I'm going to read God's word. I'm going to listen backward. I'm going to listen forward. I'm going to make space in my life to hear what he has to say. I'm going to talk to other people who know Jesus and make sure I'm not going wacky, right? But I'm going to listen to the voice of the Spirit. and I'm going to rest my soul. And so I hope this has been a helpful little two-part series as we 
think about how do we hear God? And I just want to encourage you guys today. We're going to close um, with a song. Team, if you want to come on up here. We started doing something on our last Sundays of the month, this family meal day. By the way, stick around. We're going to have some food in just a minute. And even if you didn't know it was a family meal, you're welcome to stay. You're part of the family. But on these last Sundays, we do what we call benevolent offering. And this is a special offering that meets the needs of people. And we've been able to meet some needs already, and it's, it's been pretty encouraging. So we're going to pass the buckets. Um, Michael, could you grab those two buckets right there for me on the, and just run them up here to me? Yeah. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to pass these buckets and sing a song, and uh, just invite you to give if you feel led. And also, um, again, just to remember last week, if you were here, Samuel's prayer, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. That kind of a heart posture. That goes a long ways. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much that you are powerful, that you are great, that you are infinite, God. And we need you. So, Lord, we admit that. We admit that we are not infinite, that we have limits. That we are broken, that we are people in need of you, Jesus. Thank you for being everything that we need. Thank you for desiring a relationship with us, for going all the way to the cross so that you could make a way for us to commune with you. Lord, let us learn to hear your voice. Let us learn to listen. Let us learn to trust you, that God, what you say is actually best for us. We're not in charge. We're not in control. And we are solely dependent on you. Our trust is in you, God. So we bring all of our burdens, all of our heaviness, all of our stuff to you today. And you can handle it, God. You are enough. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Josh left us with a few takeaways from today's service. Spiritual health requires discipline and habits that shape our souls. The first one doesn't require as much effort as it does intentionality. Rest, the Sabbath. The Sabbath was given by God to His people as a gift to rest and be healthy for the long run. When we feel that we have too much to do, It's easy to convince ourselves that we don't have the time to take breaks. Josh told us a passage about Mary and Martha. For Martha, she got too busy doing things for Jesus and she forgot to listen to Jesus. Mary was able to slow down and listen. Solitude. There is a need for us to recharge spiritually Many of us don't really know how to stop our constant activity and to recharge. Discussion questions. Do you find yourself resonating more with Martha or Mary? Why? What beliefs might need to change in order for us to rest in the way that God intends for us? What would keep you from taking some time of solitude with God? Why do you think God chooses to speak to us in the rest 
and in the quiet. Thank you for listening, Missio family, and we'll see you all next week.